So if you've ever find yourself in an intergalactic battle with like, you know, Power Ranger kind of things or Avengers, I just want to introduce you to a couple of warriors you might want to get to know. This is uh, Jackson and Duke. They know all about these battles. They, they are my grandsons. And Jackson in particular, he'll come over to the house and he'll go, Papa, that's me. He'll say, can, can you make me the, whatever weapon it is? And so I go to the wood shop and I make it. Mothers, I just, I just want to assure you, these weapons are perfectly safe for humans. They are deadly for invisible a- aliens from outer space. Look at this game face, man. He means business. And every time I make one of these for him, he immediately goes in and he starts like this imaginary battle. And he does the like kicks and spins and it's terrifying. I'm just telling you, they're, they're good warriors. And I thought to myself, the last time I saw him doing that, I, I've done that myself. Anyone remember P90X a few years ago? It's like that workout. Day six was Kempo X, where you do punches and kicks, jab, jab, uh, hook, uppercut. And that you're, you're supposed to get your heart beat up, so I would pretend like I was in a bar fight. Hey, you can laugh all you want. I won them all. <laughs> and some of you go, well, that's just weird. Like when an eight-year-old does it, it's cute. When an adult does it, it's just awkward. But you've done the same thing. You're driving down the road, you have an argument. You're the only one in the car. And you probably won. Or sitting on your couch or watching a game, and you act like you're the head coach of the football team. Like, I, I know who you are. It's, it's funny when a kid does it. It's awkward when an adult does it. And we do it all too much at church. This is called shadow boxing, where you're throwing punches at the air. And 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul, and people were doing it back then. Here's what Paul said. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. We are in a real engagement, and we just want to invite you in this series. The whole series is about getting you to step in the ring, getting you to engage with what God has for you at this church. We talk about our next steps all the time, the next steps of worshiping. Ashley talked last week about the next step of sharing your faith or being generous or joining a group. I want to talk to you today about the next step of serving, getting in the ring, And I want to tell you a story that illustrates why this is so important. The greatest violinist of all time was Niccolo Paganini. Died in the middle of the 1800s. He was so good that when he died, he he gave his violin away to Geneva. And he said, it must be displayed in Geneva. But no one is ever to touch it again. That's a little arrogant, I think. It's also ill-advised because the kind of wood that his violin was made from needs to be handled or it will deteriorate more quickly. And you can go see it today and it is destroyed because it wasn't used. God made you out of that same kind of material. And if you're not used, you will deteriorate more quickly. And so I want to encourage you to step in the ring with serving. Caution, this may sound odd, you you may disagree at first, but hear me out, you cannot serve God. You can't. 
In fact, that's straight out of the Bible. The Apostle Paul in Acts 17 said, God is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everything life and breath and everything else. Like, what are you going to do to serve God? You're going to wash his car? You're going to feed him a meal? Tuck him into bed? Like, how are you going to serve God? And some people will say, no, no, I serve God like I read my Bible. Huh, I didn't know it needed to be edited for God. But good for you. No, I serve God. I go to church. Oh, so he needs you to hold the seats down. That's what you're saying. I, I serve God. I got baptized. God needs you wet for what? It's actually worse than you think because everything I just mentioned is God's gift to you. Prayer, Bible reading, going to church. It's his gift to you. Now, guys, try this or don't. Next Valentine's Day, when your sweetie hands you a, a present, beautiful box, it's wrapped, it's got a nice bow on it, say to her, baby, because I love you, I'm going to serve you by opening your gift. You're welcome. You're dead. But we do that to God all the time. We act like we're serving him, and all we're doing is receiving from him. And you might say, now wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Doesn't the Bible say to serve God? Yeah, it does. Serve God, serve God, serve God. So why does it say to serve God when I can't serve God? Here's the secret. You can't serve God except by serving his children. And when you care for the people that God cares for, he takes that personally. And every parent, whether you're watching online or one of our campuses, every parent understands this. There is a pastor near Atlanta, Georgia. His name is Adam Turner. Whenever he calls me, the answer is yes. You know why? Because when Adam Turner was our youth pastor, he was also a student in my classes, uh, my son was in high school. And every week, Adam would disciple my son at a restaurant. I, I take that seriously. So when Adam graduated, I knew that this great church was looking for a pastor. It was a great fit for him. I connected them. He got the job. When my son graduated from college, Adam needed an associate pastor. You know who he hired? My son. So whenever Adam Turner calls, my answer is yes. In the same way, you can serve God by serving the people that God cares about. If that's true... Why would we ever make an excuse for not serving? But we, we've got them, don't we? Like, I'm not getting on you. I'm, I'm confessing here. I have my own excuses for not serving. They're probably the same as yours. Here's one I hear a lot. I don't have the talent. Now, if you have said, I, like, I don't have the talent to serve God, let me just say as clearly as I can, you're right, you don't. But God isn't asking for your ability He's asking for your availability. And if you give God your availability, he will give you his ability to do everything he's asked you to do. Like this goes back at least until Moses in the Old Testament. God told Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh, tell him to let my people go. And Moses said, I, I, don't, I don't, don't talk good. That's a paraphrase, actually, of Exodus chapter 4. Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since. You have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. I can't do this. 
but he gave God his availability. And God gave him the ability to accomplish everything God had called him to do. And here's why that matters so much in our context. If you were here last week, you heard Ashley talk about the three, not one, not two, three new campuses in the next 12 months. Do you know how insane that is? Like, how, how can we pull that off? That is outrageous. I'll tell you exactly how we pull it off. There's some, we don't talk about this a lot, but there's a stat that I am so proud of for our church. The average church in America spends somewhere between 55 and 65% of their budget on salaries, which is, is appropriate. You know how much we spend? You wanna guess? Average church, 55 to 65, we spend about 36% of our budget on salaries, and that includes medical care and retirement. You know how we can do that? Because of you. On any given weekend, we have 8,100 plus servants just giving their time, giving their talent, sharing their ability with the church on all of our campuses and online. Because of that, everywhere, there's just servants everywhere. This is interesting too. If you are in elementary to high school, you're like you're in school age, and you come to CTV, 25% of that demographic serves. 25% of our kids and students serve. You know what it is of those of us who are over 18? 9%. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, unless you should. I mean, come on, these are our kids showing us the way to service. And because of that, we're, we don't have people volunteer so we can save money. Honestly, we don't. It's our theology to have you serve. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. The Bible teaches that every one of you Every man, every woman, every child, if you are a Christ follower, then you are a royal priest of God. And he's calling you to do something for someone he loves. Now, that's our theology. The benefit of it is we can expand like crazy. And I just want you to know, everywhere you look on every campus at CCV, there are volunteers everywhere. Our student ministries, are led by volunteer coaches. High school, middle school, little kids. And our special needs get special attention because the most vulnerable to God are the most valuable. We watch over all of our areas with security teams and medical teams to make sure that people are, are safe and well cared for. From the time you come onto our campus till the time you enter a building, you will be greeted by volunteers that want to make you feel comfortable. Whether you're having a meal with your family or a cup of coffee with some friends, we want to create a space and a place where you can do ministry. When you come in the building and you're experiencing a service, there's an army of volunteers unseen in the shadows pushing buttons and running cameras. In the middle of the week, they gather on our campuses to prepare every element of every classroom for every campus to be sent out. And of course, on the weekend, we have our STARS program. 
that reaches more people who are disconnected from church than any other ministry that we have. This is your church. This is your ministry. This is you. And I just want to recognize right now all of you who are serving on all of our campuses, could we just thank God for those who are giving their availability to God. We all have an excuse not to serve. My question for you is, do you have a reason to serve? A second excuse that I hear quite a bit is, I don't have it all together. Really? So disappointing. I mean, seriously, I don't have it all together. None of us do. If you look throughout the Bible, there was not a single hero of the faith did not have some kind of moral failure. Abraham was a liar, lied about his wife. His son Jacob cheated his brother out of the inheritance. Moses had anger management issues. Samson was a sex addict. David was an adulterer. Solomon was greedy. Thomas was a doubter. John was manipulative. Peter denied Jesus. Paul killed Christians. Tell me again, what was your excuse? Of course you don't have it all together. And here's one of the really powerful things about serving. God doesn't need you to be qualified. He just needs you to be called. And if you're called, he will qualify you in his own way. Jesus said this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now he said that specifically about finances. That when you give your resources away, you're actually more blessed by what you give than what you earn or gain or keep or hoard. But it's also true, not just of our treasure, but of our talent and our time. The more you give away, the more you are blessed. That's not a biblical thing. It's not not a Christian thing. It's just a human thing. Jordan B. Peterson is one of the most well-known psychotherapists in the world. I was listening to a podcast of his a while back, and he said, this really stunned me because he has tens of thousands of hours of psychotherapy. He says, no matter what the mental struggle a person is having, it could be an addiction, it could be isolation, depression, loss, grief, anxiety. He said, it doesn't matter what your mental ailment, the quickest solution to mental health is to make yourself useful to someone else. That is so biblical. And it's what Jesus called us to. Look, we all have an excuse not to serve. My question to you is, do you have a reason to serve. There's a third excuse I hear people give, and I don't even need to tell you what it is. You've used it, you know what it is. I don't have the time. Really? How much time do you have? Like every day, how much time do you have? Oh, 24 hours. Every day? Every day, okay. Me too. Crazy. How much of that time do you use? Every minute? Every day? Me too. People will say to me, oh, you must be so busy. I'm no busier than any other human being. It's not about how much time you have. That is the one thing that equalizes every human being, rich and poor, male and female. It doesn't matter what your political party is or what your background is. Every one of us has 24 hours. What makes us different is our priorities. So would you do me a favor? 
stop saying I don't have enough time. That's not true. Just be honest with yourself and with everyone else. Just say, well, it's, it's not a priority for me. And then read these words of Jesus. No one can serve two masters. Either he will, he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Look, honestly, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. In fact, if you feel guilty right now and you're ready to serve out of guilt, please don't. Seriously, please don't, because you won't last long. We need you to engage, not because of guilt, but because you have a reason to serve. All of us have an excuse not to serve. Do you have a reason to serve? That is my question. We all have an excuse not to serve. Do you have a reason to serve? It might just be that you want to care for the people that God cares about, and in that way serve God. That's good. Honestly, don't feel guilty about this. If you say, you know what, I'm unhealthy right now and I want to get mental health. I I want to be socially and emotionally healthier, so I'm going to serve for that. Good. God intended you to get health through serving, and everybody I know who serves always, always says, I get more out of it than the person that I'm serving. But here's the number one reason that I serve. To quote Jesus himself, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. That is his agenda. And this comes out of a longer conversation where James and John have come to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you you put us at your right hand and at your left hand? It was a a little bit arrogant. And the others are upset with him, not because they thought, well, you're being arrogant, but because they thought, you beat us to the punch. They all wanted chief seats. And what Jesus does, he doesn't tell them, well, you shouldn't want to be great. He tells them how to be great. Back up two verses. Here's what you read. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. That is what Jesus said about you serving. And I just want you to meet some people that serve on various campuses of CCV around the valley. They look like you. They live like you. This is you. And I want you to hear their story of why they have a reason to serve. I'm Dave. I uh, serve at Midtown. Serving, that word conjures up many different images, and at CCV there are many ways to serve. Two things I strive to remember. One, Jesus is my example and my power source. Two, it's about those being served. Uh, my start to serving at CCV was an icing on the cake thing. Uh, what I mean is I had a been commuting to Peoria for about a year um, and already liked everything about CCV, but then a campus opened near me, Midtown, and I began serving there right away, greeting and then uh, new to CCV and info tables and later baptisms and leading neighborhood groups. Um, Currently, I co-lead a men's group with my buddy Trev, and uh, we call ourselves NAILS, kind of a guy thing, Um, but to us it's meaningful because it stands for Uh, nurturing and inspiring living strong. And we do inspire each other. Very encouraging. So the icing I mentioned has been the humbling privilege of watching friends grow in Christ, plus the incredible community I've come to know. Uh, 3 John 1.4 speaks about that blessing of seeing God transform lives. 
John there writes, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I can say with confidence that the choice to serve will be personally rewarding to you while making a difference on your campus and in individual lives around you. As a commercial said, priceless. And you'll get to know Jesus better. Um, and recalling again what uh, Mark just shared with us in Mark 10.45, that Jesus himself said that he came not to be served, but to serve. So I'm going with that, and I'm growing with that. Hi, my name is Caitlin, and I volunteer at the Scottsdale and Peoria campuses. After I was baptized, I felt called to serve, but I wasn't sure where. Eventually, after thought and prayer, I landed on special needs and later kids. I started going Sunday mornings first, and as I kept getting more integrated into the church, I wanted more. So I started serving Saturdays too. Now I serve on both the Peoria and Scottsdale campus. At first, I wasn't sure if serving was the right thing for me, but after a few weeks, I started to realize how amazing our church is and how I can make a difference by being there every single week. I love that every week I get to help kids learn about Jesus and make connections with them. Serving not only has made me stronger in my faith, but has helped me grow and understand who I wanna be as a Christian. Through these reasons, serving has meant a lot to my life and how I choose to live. After about a year of serving, I brought my brother to church with me and he absolutely loved it. He's so happy to be a part of CCV and learn more about God every week and seeing him grow in his faith has inspired me to grow closer to God myself and to want to connect with other kids that I serve and make sure that I come every week no matter what. Hi, we are the Gonzaleses, and we serve with the kids at CCV Verado. God gave us a great love for children, so all seven of us serve in the kids' ministry. We are a pretty close-knit family, and we feel that serving has brought us even closer together. Even though we come each Sunday to love and teach these kids about Jesus, we feel that we get the most out of it. The more we pour into these kids, the more they pour into us. Our favorite part about serving in the kids' ministry is when we get a new kid and they are shy and afraid at first, but by the end of service, they love being there and don't wanna leave. We love when they see us around the campus or outside of church. They run to us and give us a high five or a hug. It feels like such a blessing to be able to teach and love on these kiddos, and that just fills our hearts. My name is Emmanuel Iyere. I'm originally from Nigeria, and it's a privilege and a miracle for me being here in the United States. I just want to give a shout out to my North Phoenix serving volunteers and my campus pastor, Mike Anderson. I believe there are people out there that will serve better than me, so I give all the glory to God. I'm currently serving at the new to CCV tent and I'm part of the baptism prayer team. The question why I serve is funny to me because serving is my life. I find it fulfilling to see people's lives 
positively impacted with just a warm welcome at the new to CCV tent, or with just a short prayer after baptism, especially with the people attending church for the very first time, or returning to church after a long church break. This helped me to see people outside myself. One day I was serving here in Peoria campus, so in this role, I met a friend named John, and I asked him a question. I said, why do you serve? He said to me, I was told the way to overcome pride is through serving. This helped me to see how serving others is a blessing to the server also. Being able to serve, it's a privilege to me because this is only made possible through the grace of God. Hi, my, na my name is Tim and this is my wife, Christina, and we serve here at the Peoria campus. We came to CCV four years ago, New to Arizona, looking for a community we could be a part of, but we came to church hurting and broken. My wife had been diagnosed with a rare disease and we were wounded, looking for answers. God used the church messages in our neighborhood group to heal us and make us stronger as a family. We needed that time to be silent, but we also knew it was time to serve and give back to our church. We spent a lot of time on the CCV Stars fields with our kids, so it made sense to serve in the CCV Stars ministry as a coach and a team manager. We have had many opportunities to love on our parents and, and invite families to church. We have enjoyed leading parents to prayer and for the kids. We also wanted to serve as a couple, and there was an opportunity to become premarital coaches. We were nervous at first, but because we are not experts, but we do love talking about marriage, and we have passion for each other that we have been told is contagious. As coaches, we get to spend several weeks with couples, helping them build their foundation for marriage and sharing our personal experiences. I was able to share my personal journey of finding Christ with one young couple, which helped the young woman take steps to being saved and then baptized. These couples continue to inspire us to, keeping, to keep working on our marriage and making it stronger. Fast forward to today, nothing has changed with my wife's disease, but we are stronger as a couple, we are back serving with our local church, and we, love, and we have found our purpose and joy. Tim, you, you, have a, you have an excuse not to serve. I mean, your wife has a disease, but you have a reason to serve. Amanda, you have an excuse not to serve. You're, you're struggling with the whole citizenship thing. There's a miracle going on here. I don't have time to tell you. You have an excuse not to serve, but more importantly, you have a reason to serve. The Gonzalez family, holy cow, seven of you. <laughs> Do I even need to say it? But they have a reason to serve. Caitlin, 18 years old, or 19 now? 18, 18 years old, yeah. What, what, 18 years old, serving on two campuses? She's got an excuse not to serve, but more importantly, she has a reason to serve. David, he's got an excuse not to serve. He should be in retirement. I mean, after 55, right? It's pretty close. <laughs> they all have an excuse not to serve, but I want to bring them out. 12 people out of 8,100 that will serve this week. Just 12. 
so that you could see they're just like you. They may have an excuse not to serve, but they have a reason to serve. Can we give them a round of applause? Thank you. You ready to get in the ring? Or you still want to shadow box for a while? Oh, it's fun to shadow box. It's more fun to be in the ring. You know why? Nobody gets trophies in the stands. If you want to be a part of what God is doing in this church, we are in extraordinary times. Do you, do you feel that? Do you sense that God is like on the move? And I don't want to be on the sidelines watching what he does. I want to be in the thick of things. He doesn't need my ability, he needs my availability. And I'm just gonna say, God, whatever, whatever you want me to do, you tell me where to go. I want to be where you are moving, and it is here, and it is now. And if you wanna be a part of that as well, I wanna show you how simple it is. You can either text SERVE to 72020, or you could pull out your mobile app. I know you've downloaded it by now because you love Jesus. <laughs> this is my front page. If you will just click on your picture, it will take you to all the next steps. We have several next steps. We're talking about them all the time. If you ever want to know how you're doing on your next steps, it'll show you what part of your badge bar is lit up. Today, what you should do is touch the serve icon, and it's going to take you to a screen that shows you nine serving opportunities. Just click down here, serving at CCV, scroll to the bottom, and you will have an option of choosing areas that you think you might be interested in. And then give us your name and contact information, and we'll get the conversation started. Each of those areas has multiple ways that you can serve. We want to give you every opportunity to serve because my guess is you have a reason to serve. Everybody has an excuse not to serve. Do you have a reason to serve? I want to give you one more reason to serve. Because of your service at CCV, we have a, we have a wide footprint in the valley. Because of your contributions, both financially and with your time and talent, we have a deep foundation at CCV. The deeper your foundation and the wider your footprint, the farther you can influence for Jesus Christ. Do you know how far the reach of CCV is? It's global. And we don't talk about it a lot, we don't talk about it enough, because we don't wanna sound like we're promoting ourselves, but the reality is, because of what you do here, we have an effect not just near, but far. We are doing some service in a city called Kabul right now. And I know that you've watched the news and you've just said to yourself, what can I do, what can I do? I want to do something that there's nothing I can do. Please hear me. Because you are doing what you can here, we can do what you can't there. And we have boots on the ground right now. For security reasons, we'll not give names or specifics, but our mission partners right now in Kabul are providing food for refugees. We're providing housing, clothing, schooling, job training, medical care. And that's because of you. Because of what you do here, 
We don't just go near, we go far to the glory of God. And I want to invite you to join me now, whether you're watching online or in one of our campuses. We need to pray for Afghanistan. Would you stand to your feet and assume a posture of prayer in honor of God while we ask his mercy to fall on that nation? Holy Father, would you give wisdom and courage to our mission partners on the ground? I pray for those who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. They are 0.1% of the population, and they are being hunted. Would you, in your mercy, protect them? Lord, you commanded us to pray for our enemies, and so we do that. We pray for the Taliban, that their children would find education, that their families would have health, that they would have dreams and visions that draw them to Jesus. Lord, for those who lose their life because of the name of Jesus Christ, would you multiply their life and commitment by having their persecutors see a difference between the light and the dark? Would you give wisdom to our governing officials that they would take the right steps for humanitarian relief? But we've never trusted in governments to do the job of the church. And so we pray now for your people all over the world who bear the name of Jesus to mobilize where they can, to do what they can, to care for those that you care about. Holy Father, receive this as our reasonable act of worship. In Jesus' name, amen.